So this morning, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of give you sort of an overview of what we did over this past month. But at the same time, I want to use it as an opportunity to kind of just talk about the vision um, that we have as a church, as a, as a collective body, a congregation, just kind of share some vision with you today. And, it, and it's pretty much summed up in um, what we have up here on uh, the screen, the open door. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this, this amazing door, these doors, actually, that God has opened up for us all around the world. And um, just how, you know, we as a people together, collectively, as a, as a congregation, um, how God wants to use us to step through these doors and to bring the gospel and uh, churches like what we experience to, to bring this to people all over the world in the different places where he's opening doors. So that's um, what I want to spend our time uh, doing here today. So I want to, first of all, thank you for the prayers um, really sensed over the past month, just a, um, the hand of the Lord, I guess is the best way to describe it. Just really sense the hand of the Lord upon us. And, you know, all of the things that we did, everything is, you know, it's, there's a lot of it that's so complicated and it's so huge and it's so vast and there's so many moving parts and it could easily, uh, you know, be full of problems, but we, we just sensed just like God's favor upon everything we did this year. And I really do uh, think that a lot of that had to do with your prayers for us. So thank you for that, uh, partnering with us in the prayer. And, um, you know, every year when we do the festival, uh, I, I would always come back and talk about, you know, how, what a blessing it was and, you know, how, how it was really good. And it's kind of, you know, every year sort of exceeds the previous year. Um, and I would say the same thing this year, except there was something different this year. And, and it, was, it was not only good, it was really good. And it just, I guess the way I've described it to people is it just seemed like the Lord sort of launched us into uh, uh, just an even sort of a greater orbit with these festivals that we're doing. Uh, we've had people that have been involved with us in different ways over the years uh, sort of come alongside and say, look, we really believe in this festival. It's you know, we go to festivals all over the country. This one's different. We want to uh, partner with you more. We want to be involved more. And a couple of ministries that I'm really, um, you know, I really appreciate them and their efforts. And for them to come and say, we want to, you know, sort of adopt this aspect of the, of the festival and be part with you. It was really, really thrilling for me. So um, again, it was just a great great time. And, and we did more than the festival, so I want to talk about that. But let me just share with you a little bit of my own uh, personal thinking on a lot of these things. So, uh, you know, I, like anybody else, I mean, I have my moments where I'm perplexed. I'm questioning, you know, what I'm doing, uh, what I think God is doing, if we're really doing the things that uh, he wants us to do, or are we just doing <laughs> things uh, you know, so these, these are the kind of things that were going through my mind as 
we were going over as we were getting set to do these festivals and these outreaches again. So, so my question really was to the Lord. I'll just share with you kind of a private conversation I had with God. Uh, my questions were, Lord, you know, is, is this what you want us to keep doing? And part of it was, you know, you go, you, you, you do these things, you make all of this investment with finances and with time and with energy and all of this. And then in our case, to a large degree, we sort of pull back uh, because we're not, you know, based there, although we do have a base for our ministry there. And, you know, the question in my mind is like, Lord, is there something really substantial happening? Is there, is there really lasting fruit going on from what we're doing? Because if we're just doing an event every year, uh, we don't need to do that. It's just, it's complicated. It's challenging. It's difficult. Um, so again, you know, it's one of those things where I just want to make sure that God is really leading us. So, you know, when you travel, you get into this thing called jet lag. And so you wake up at, um, you know, these odd hours. So I think it was about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, and I, I was awake. I was there in our cottage in um, Chapel Amble in Cornwall. And, and so these were all the things that I was thinking about and praying about as I was reading through my Bible that morning. And the Lord spoke to me, and what I want to share with you are the things that he spoke to me that pertain not just to what we did just this past month, but this kind of, a you know, speaking to me about just the, the vision for the ministry in general. So here's what the Lord spoke to me as I asked those questions. And it's Revelation 3, 7 and 8. Um, Jesus said this. He said, um, it, well, it starts, these things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. And that was just exactly the word I needed at the moment. It, it, it just kind of took that burden off of me because it just made clear to me that, you know, Brian, this isn't stuff that you have um, invented or come up with. These are doors that I have opened for you. And all I'm asking you to do is walk through these doors. And, you know, that really takes the, the pressure off. Because, you know, I can walk through a door. I can do that. Now, it's, it's what happens after that. That's when it becomes challenging. That's when it becomes, you know, kind of a burden. So, so my thinking also is like, well, Lord, you know, we go and we, we preach the gospel and we teach your word. And, and I know from the conversations I have with people that it's very impactful in their lives and so forth. But, but I'm thinking about sort of the big picture in the long term. And it's you know, it's like, Lord, how are you working through this in the bigger picture? How are you working in this for the, ex, uh, the expanding of your kingdom? How are you working in this for the, the transforming of people's lives? Because that's what I don't necessarily get to see so much because I'm not there. So as I was thinking about that in this conversation that I'm having with the Lord, Jesus uh, reminded me of what he said in Mark chapter four. Listen to what he said. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. 
he himself does not know how. And I thought, that's exactly it. You see, I can't see where things are going to go. Uh, I, I don't know how this is going to work. And the Lord was saying, that's right. It's okay. You don't need to know how. Because the farmer doesn't know how the, the whole process that, that's taking place, you know, with the seed growing. The farmer doesn't understand that part of it. All the farmer does is he throws the seed out. And the Lord was speaking to me. It's like, you just throw the seed out. I will take care of that. You go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. Wake up. You know, just you keep going about your business. And I will make sure that the seed lands where it needs to land and that it produces the fruit that it needs to produce. And, and again, I thought, oh gosh, this is so good. I, I need to hear this right now. And then the passage that I asked John to read this morning was kind of the you know, the, the final word that the Lord spoke to me on it. And it was just that reminder that God's word does not return to him void. It accomplishes the thing that he intends it to accomplish. And what does his word accomplish? Well, it accomplishes salvation. It accomplishes the transformation of people's lives. It turns uh, the, the places of thorns and briars into uh, a place of evergreens. It, it brings forth joy and peace. And so these were all of the things that that particular morning at 4.30 a.m., these were the things that God was speaking to me. I've opened a door for you. Don't worry about the details. Just go through the doors. And remember that you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to understand it. Just do it because I'm working even though you, you might not see it. And just have confidence in my word that it's not going to return to me void. So, so that was the message. That was the thing that just encouraged me to, okay, here we go. We're going to launch in to this festival in Cornwall. Then we're going to go across uh, to the continent. And we're going to be with uh, leaders from all over Europe. And we're going to encourage them. Then we're going to come back to London. And we're going to share God's word there. Then we're going to go up to Scotland. And we're going to share God's word there. And this was the foundation upon which all of that was going to be taking place. So what ended up happening was throughout the journey, the Lord over and over again, just brought things before me that were a reminder to me of what he had told me. So it was like, okay, you know, God says, I've opened, I've opened this door for you, you know, just throw out the seed. My word's not going to return void. And then it was like, okay, now let me show you how this is working. And so all throughout the month, and you know, whether it was the festival that first week, or it was what was happening over in Europe, or if it was back in London, or if it was up in Scotland, the Lord was just bringing before me people saying, look, listen, listen to what they're saying. And their stories were essentially, uh, God has changed my life. And he's changed my life through what you guys have been doing. You know, I was an atheist, but I came to faith in Christ. My marriage was ruined, but God put my family back together. And, uh, you know, story after story like that. I just walked around for basically for a month, just being the receiver of good news. You know, people just telling me all of the great things that God has done in their life through, through the efforts. But there's a few things that I wanted to share with you that really, really kind of stood out to me. So in, uh, 
at the, at the festival in Cornwall, Creation Fest, you know, this is, this is a big endeavor. We've got like 500 um, volunteers that, that serve. And by the way, you know, our volunteers that went from here, they were absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for going. Uh, you know, people, you know, paying their own way, going, not on a vacation, going to basically do some hard work. And they did it. And uh, they were phenomenal. But so, you know, we've got 500 volunteers. So we've got a kitchen where everybody gets fed. And um, the kitchen staff this year, we had a group come in, a local uh, group from the area of Cornwall. And they came in as part of the kitchen staff. And then we had a group of 15 from Siegen, Germany. Now, in Siegen, Germany, we have a church uh, that was planted many years ago by uh, a guy named Nick Long and his, his wife, Sue. Got a great church there. And a couple of years back, they came over to the festival to just kind of see how they might be involved. And uh, after the first year, they said, you know, we're all involved in restaurants and cooking and all that. So, so you know, we'd like to come and help out in the kitchen. So I said, fantastic, that'd be great. So anyway, this year they came and they brought a group of 15. Katya is the lady who kind of leads the group. Um, and she told me, she said, oh, we got 15 people and they're back in the kitchen and, you know, come and say hi when you get a chance. So I said, great, okay, I'll, I'll come back and see you. So I go back to the kitchen and I see Katya, I talk to her for a moment, and then I look over and I see this guy named Bjorn. And there's Bjorn. Now, Bjorn is a chef, and I know Bjorn, but I haven't seen him in quite a few years. He's a professional chef. He's there, he's with his wife, he's with his kids, and he's serving the Lord there in the kitchen in Cornwall. He's originally from Berlin, East Germany, but now he lives in Zingen and attends a church. But here's the amazing thing. So here's how God's speaking to me. Bjorn, here's how I met Bjorn. He was an East German who came to London to work as a chef. He was a complete unbeliever, had never had any, uh, you know, living in East Germany, he'd never heard the gospel. He's walking through Leicester Square in London, and we're doing an outreach, and I'm preaching the gospel, and he hears the message, and he receives Christ. This is 21 years ago. <laughs> so 21 years later, who's serving in the kitchen in Creation Fest in Cornwall. It's Bjorn. And, and as I saw Bjorn and I, you know, I hugged him and his kids and his wife. And, and you know, it's like the Lord was saying, see, see the fruit of my word. You know, what did you do? You just walked through that door. You just threw out the seed and, and look what I'm doing. So that was one of those, one of those things. There were many, but that was one that was a reminder to me of what we're doing. We're just walking through these open doors. So a little while later, I think the festival had already been over, and I think I was maybe even back in England after having gone to Europe. And I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, and I saw this picture of these four or five women. Um, and I, I know a couple of them, and, and you know, you're scrolling through, and I just saw them. It looked like they were standing in front of a theater or a, or a restaurant or something, and they're, they're all Hungarians. And so I, I saw, and it was, it was posted by one of the girl's husbands, and I just saw it was a nice picture of them, you know, like on Instagram, people just post whatever, food or restaurants or, you know, things they do. And, and so I just thought, oh, you know, that's a nice picture of them. But then I read the caption. And as I read the caption, I was completely stunned. The caption said this, it said, thank you, Brian Broderson, Mike Harris, and Rod Thompson for 25 years ago coming and bringing the gospel to us who were in a communist country, had never known the Lord, 
thank you that you brought us the gospel because we're all serving Jesus today. And I, you know, so I read that and I was like, okay, yes. Once again, it was like the Lord was saying, see, remember what I told you? I've set before you an open door. You're just walking through the door. You're scattering the seed. I'm doing a work. So all of these things were, were working together to just remind me that God has set before us an open door. And I want us to understand that because, you know, if you spend too much time on social media, if you spend too much time sitting in front of the television, watching the news, if you spend too much time reading the newspapers, you know, you would be tempted to think that God's not doing anything in the world. The world's just getting darker. Things are getting more miserable. Uh, you know, problems are uh, just becoming insurmountable. And, and it's easy to just sort of dwell on all the negative and to miss the fact that God is at work. But you know, God is working. He's working in amazing ways. And I mean, even with this hurricane in Houston, you know, what we're, we're trying to send a team to Houston. They're like, no, don't send anybody. There's way too many people here already. Uh, you know, give it, a, give it a month or so, and then we'll, we'll need more people to come. Um, but we were able to send uh, some financial support to them already, and we're working with the guys there. And as uh, George mentioned, we're going to do that in the days ahead. But, you know, these are opportunities that the church steps in. It's an open door. And the church just steps through the open door, and God uses it to bring his word. Uh, there was one more quick story, and it's a friend of mine. His name is Chris. And Chris is a skater uh, that we've known for many years and Richard Samino was with me on this trip, and Richard's a friend of mine. Some of you know Richard from the past. He used to be on staff here many years ago, but he pastors a church up in Roseville, California. And Richard's part of our ministry team over in the UK, so he was there with me. And he was listening to the story of this young guy named Chris. And he came and he told me, he said, Brian, Chris's story is amazing. So the story is, Chris was a young sort of semi-professional skateboarder. And my friend Phil Pachonis used to do skateboard outreaches all around North Devon where um, Chris lived. And so Chris, being the good skater that he was, he would come to these little competitions and he would win. Now, when somebody won the competition, Phil would give them a Bible. Now, they didn't necessarily want a Bible, but Phil would give them a Bible. That was their first prize, you know, hey, you get a Bible. So Chris tells the story that he wins the competition and he goes up for the prize and it's a Bible. So he takes the Bible and he goes home and he puts it under his bed because he doesn't really want to read the Bible. So he puts it under his bed. But then he just tells a story and I'll make it real quick. He, over the next three years, he's still, you know, he encounters Phil here and there. He starts coming to Creation Fest. After three years, he actually gives his life to the Lord himself. He goes back, gets his Bible out from under his bed, starts reading it. And so he's a youth pastor today. He came up to Scotland and did our skate outreach. He's a great evangelist, a, a preacher. And you look at it and you see, you know, God's doing these really wonderful things, but it's a different way there than it is here. And what Richard said to me as he's, you know, observing and listening, he said, you know, Brian, this is not an American story. And it's true. It's not an American story. Here in the States, you know, we have sort of, when we think about evangelism, we think of large scale events and, you know, we think of altar calls and hundreds and thousands of people coming forward. And, and that's great. I'm, that's a wonderful thing. But you know, that, that's not the way it works all around the world. But God is working. It's not an American story, but it's God's story. 
And it's, it's through this sort of, uh, I'll take this term, a long obedience in the same direction. It's through just the continuation of us doing this over the past three decades now that you see this fruit. Some 200 churches have been planted throughout the, the European region and Bible schools. And, and all of these have had uh, a tremendous impact on the lives of so many people. And so all of that is kind of a precursor to where I want us to go right now. And that is the fact that God has set before us open doors. And I, I am in a perplexed state because I feel like there's more open doors than there's ever been. The Lord keeps opening doors. But Lord, how do we go through these doors? We need resources. We need people. We need finances. We need all of these things to go through these doors. You know, we did the second uh, outreach in Scotland this year. And we had two representatives come from two different cities and say, would you come and would you do the same event in our city next year? So Dundee, Scotland and Edinburgh, Scotland, both uh, from both places. They said, would you come and do this? Now, you know... Yes, sure. Uh, I'd love to. How are we going to do it? We, we don't know. But you know, we took, a, we took a step of faith. We went up to Scotland. I told the, the folks up there, it's like, yeah, we'll come, we'll do it, but we don't have a penny to put into it. So you, you guys are going to somehow have to pay for it. And you know, the first year it was covered. The second year it was covered. So we just believe that as the Lord leads us into these, these new communities. Somebody asked me when we were going up to Scotland, what's the future of Creation Fest in Scotland? I said, I don't know. We've just walked through this open door. I have no idea where it's going. But I'm starting to see now, maybe rather than a one week-long festival like we have in England, maybe it's a series of small one-day events in different cities throughout the country. So again, you know, God's opened a door for us. If you read the papers, if you look at what's happening with the church in Scotland and the politics and all of that, you know, it's very dark. It's very dim. It's very um, hopeless in many ways. But we found once again in George Square that there are plenty of Scottish people that have not really heard a, just a, a simple, clear, unpoliticized uh, just a pure presentation of the gospel of Jesus, and they're open when they hear it. So it's the open doors that we want to continue to walk through. So here's the question. How do we go forward? Well, and, and you know, let me, let me say this too. Um, you know, I have been, I have been doing this for 30 years. This is what I've been doing. I've been pastoring, and I've been doing this for 30 years. And, um, of course, I'm pastoring the church now, and I plan to continue to do that. But at the same time, the Lord is, you know, he's, he's still leading us. Um, you know, of course, obviously, to build up our own um, home base, we got to continue to do that. But he's, he's leading us to step through these open doors. And, and why I said that is because, you know, as a church, this is, this is who we are. We, you know, churches have different personalities. They have different callings. They have different visions. A lot of times it has to do with the, the leadership and the calling up on that person's life. But, you know, God has called me and subsequently he's called us 
to be an outward looking ministry and to be looking to walk through those doors that he's opening for us around the world. So how do we go forward? Well, I'm gonna give you just four things. Number one, we, we can only move forward through prayer. That's where it starts. We have got to just pray more. And I'm, I'm convicted myself because I'm, I'm there looking at all of these opportunities and I'm thinking, how are we gonna do this? And at the same time, I feel the Lord saying, well, you're gonna first of all pray because without prayer, nothing's gonna happen. So I want to encourage you, let's be praying. Let's be asking the Lord. Let's, let's, not, let's not get caught up in the, in the uh, despair mentality of, you know, it's all going to hell in a handbasket. Let's just say, Lord, you know, what do you want to do? And, and God, you know, show us and direct us and provide for us and, and send us and move in this place and work in that place. And so prayer is a huge thing. And so whether it's in a community group or just a small group of friends or in your personal prayer life, or in our, uh, you know, congregational prayer meetings. We have one tonight at six o'clock in the fellowship hall. You know, this is where I want to have our focus being, praying for these open doors and that God would um, just give us all we need to go through these doors. But the second thing on a practical note, of course, is we need resources. Everything costs, right? And so this is part of the prayer. Lord, open, you know, uh, the gold and the silver are yours. Everything belongs to you. I, I'm being reminded of that all the time. Lord, open those windows of heaven. Pour out upon us the resources that we need so we can continue to take the gospel into these uh, different places that you're opening up for us. And so that's an area. But you know, there's another area that's huge, and it's just in the area of people. You know, we need people. God works through people. God sends people. And whether you're a teenager or a senior citizen, you know what? God wants to use you. And he wants to work through your life. And in some cases, he wants to send you. You know, when I first went into Eastern Europe back in 1990, and we preached the gospel on the streets, and we saw a dozen or so young people come to Christ, and we knew that moment that these kids would never survive if they didn't have a church that they could relate to and be taught in, uh, I immediately realized, you know, we've got to start a church here. And so I came back home here to California. I was pastoring in Vista at the time, but I still had many connections here. And I got in touch with a young guy, Mike Harris. Mike preached last Sunday, right? And Mike was 19 years old at the time. And I said to Mike, hey, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going surfing. Why do you ask? Uh, you want to go to Yugoslavia. Where's Yugoslavia? Don't worry about it. Just, you know, pray about it. Pray about whether you want to go. Is there surf there? No, there's no surf. Just, uh, but, but pray about it anyway. And Mike got back to me and said, you know what? Yeah, I feel like I should go. So Mike went. And we led initially, you know, maybe a dozen teenagers to the Lord. By the time Mike had been there six months, a couple of hundred kids had come to receive Christ. And there was this phenomenon that was taking place. And, and Mike went there and he pioneered and he planted. He was 19 when he went. 
And um, I was just in England with a, a family, uh, the Coombs family, Gina Coombs and Lauren Coombs. Gina went on that original trip with Mike. They went as a team, her, Mike, a couple of other guys, a couple of other girls. She was 18 years old. She's still in Europe. She's never come home. She's been there for 27 years. It's, and God has used her from what was then Yugoslavia, then it was Hungary. Her and her husband pastored a church on the east coast of England. They're part of the ministry team in York, England today. And my point is, hey, if you're 18, if you're 19, if you're 24, if you're 32, I was 32 years old when I started doing all of this stuff myself. God wants to use you. But you know, even if you're 62, because the, the thing is, right, we think, well, you know, that's for, you know, that's just for young people, or I can't do that, or I'm not a preacher, I'm not a teacher. You know, when you go to plant a church, when you go to bring the gospel into a place, there's all different kinds of giftings that are necessary for that to happen. And maybe you aren't a Bible teacher or a preacher, but maybe you're a support person. Maybe you're a person who's going to come alongside and you have uh, abilities and giftings and experience that you can lend to this that's going to enhance it and, and make it all that God wants it to be. So we need people. And my prayer for the days ahead is that more and more we would see uh, from our own congregation here, more people just being raised up to either go themselves or to help somebody else go. Now, not everybody's supposed to go, right? But some are. But guess what? The ones who don't go, we, our, our job is to help the ones go, the ones that are sent. We, we are to send them, and part of that is to help them um, financially. But I want to be more specific when I'm talking about people going. I want to be more specific. You know what we need? We need men. We need men. There's like a dearth of men on the mission field right now. It's crazy. I look around and I see our, our great teams that have going over. It's like the girls outnumber the guys three to one. And that's, I mean, the, the women are fantastic. I don't have anything but 100% praise to say for the women. But... We need men as well. And the women are telling me we need men <laughs> because we're tired of unloading these trucks and you know, carrying all this heavy equipment around and all of this stuff. We need some guys to come over and do that. But listen, guys, men, it's time to, to step up. And again, whatever, whatever your age is. You know, I was 22 years old. I was sitting in this church. I was listening like everybody else, like you are today. And I was listening to Pastor Chuck teach. And I was being stirred in my heart, like, I want to do what he's doing. Now, was I qualified to do it? Was I capable of doing it? Or, you know, any of that stuff? It's just a, I, I didn't think any of that was even a possibility, but there was a desire there. You see, God put that desire in my heart, and then he made ways for that to happen, for me to step into that, and he will do the same thing with you as well. You know, it was William Booth who said, uh, he was the founder of the, the Salvation Army, he said, my best men are all women. And uh, I can say that on you know, the mission field, especially with our festival, right now, that's the case. Our best men are women. But the women are saying, Brian, we got to get some guys. So, you know, let's pray for that. Let's see the Lord raise up and send forth men. So people, 
that's the need. As we go forward, we need people to go forward. Maybe that's you. And here's the fourth and the final thing. And this is what is the underlying factor in all of this. And this is the only way anything ever happens. There needs to be faith. We need to take steps of faith. And you see, here's what it means to take a step of faith. It means that you're going to have a conviction that God is calling you to do something that you are going to feel completely inadequate in regard to. You're not going to be able to make sense of it in some ways. If you were to take a pencil and try to calculate it all out, you were going to come up short every time. You're going to look at it and say, there's no way we can do this. There's no way we can do that. We don't have the funds. We don't have the resources. I don't have this, that. But you've got this deep conviction that you're supposed to step out. See, that's what faith does. You have to take a step of faith. Sometimes we're, people are making the mistake of thinking, well, you know, when I get all of my ducks in a row, when this happens and that happens and this happens, and what they're looking for is for an ideal situation to come together. And when an ideal situation comes together, then I'll know that it's the time to go. You know what? It hardly ever works like that. I have had friends over the years. It's so funny. I, I know at least three or four guys that this has happened to. I know guys who've been in the corporate world, guys who've, you know, six figures, seven figures, and they're like, you know, I'm set. I want to serve the Lord, but I, you know, just a couple more years and I'm going to end up with this retirement plan. I'll never have to work again. I'll be able to give, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to the ministry. It's all going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. This is my plan. And then before they can execute the plan, the whole thing falls apart. But yet God's still calling them but he's not calling them to depend on those things that they would have naturally depended on. He's saying, no, I am calling you, but forget all of that. I'm going to send you and you're going to depend on me. You see, that's how things happen. Nothing's ever happened in the history of the church that didn't, nothing worth mentioning, that didn't happen through faith. People took steps of faith. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to take steps of faith. There's, there's nothing that I've ever done that is meaningful or lasting and fruitful that I didn't look at first and say, you know what, this is, this is impossible. I mean, you know, come on, this, is, you know, this isn't going to happen or, or what, you know, something like that. But nevertheless, you have the sense that God is saying, look, go, take the step. And what is it? It takes us back to what we started with. Walk through the open door. But we're like, well, wait, what's on the other side of it? What, what happens when I get, you know, across the doorway? And what are we going to do then? And, you know, the Lord says, don't worry about that. Just walk through the door. And when you get through the door, and I will, I will be with you there. I'll meet you there, and, and I will show you the next step. You know, when God called Abraham to leave his country, his family, all of those things, you know what he said? He said, get away from your family, get away from your country, and go to a place that I will, future tense, show you. First, he had to step away. Where was he going? He was just going away from what he was doing. And then when he took the step away, God said, then I will show you the direction that you're to go in. And so, you know, this is often the case for us as well. Jesus said it, I've set before you an open door. 
And you know, the context here of Revelation chapter three, we believe that this is a message to what we would sometimes call the last days church. The church that is in the world uh, at that time when Jesus will come again. And we know that there's gonna be chaos and political madness and social upheaval and all of those things that we're seeing. But let's not forget Christ is opening doors. And we do not want to miss the doors that he's opening. We want to walk through them. Because when we do that, when we walk through those open doors with God's word, as we take it and we proclaim it and we teach it and we see places established where his word is honored, you know what happens? There's streams in the desert. And the briar and the thorns are turned into the evergreens. And the trees of the field clap their hands. And um, they, they go forth with singing and peace and joy and all of those things. That's the stories that I have the privilege of listening to when people come to me and say, you know, I came to know Christ through this, and this is where I was at then, and this is what God has done in my life now, and this is what I believe God wants to do in the future. And man, there's that to me, that's what I live for. That's the greatest, that's the greatest thing you could ever hear. But we're all in this together, and God wants to use us, some sending, some going, but all of us working toward just seeking the Lord and walking through the doors that he's opened. And listen, one final thing. God opens doors for you personally in your own life. He wants to send you through doors that he's opened for you that are going to lead into more fruitfulness in your personal life as a believer. So look for those open doors. Be sensitive to those. And when you find that open door, take that step through it. It might not make a whole lot of sense at the time, but you know, it's there and you sense that, that prompting from the spirit, take that step through and you'll find that God will meet you and good things will happen. So Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, through our lives. We thank you for all you've done in and through this church over five decades and Lord, we thank you as we look to the future. We thank you that you have open doors that you've set before us. And Lord, help us to just be faithful, to walk through them and to trust you for the rest. Lord, we pray for all of the things that have gone on over the past month. We pray that your spirit would be following up uh, the people that received Christ in Europe over the month. Lord, those that were strengthened through your word. Lord, the churches, the pastors, the workers, the helpers, the body, the people, Lord, we just pray for continued blessing and goodness to be poured out upon them in the days ahead. Lord, we thank you for the amazing open door with the people from Syria and from Iraq and the Middle East that have come into Europe. We thank you, Lord, for their stories and how they've, they've come to faith uh, how you've opened that door. And we pray that you would continue, Lord, to guide us forward as your servants. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.